Welcome to Renaissance City, a Prowlers and Paragons actual play radio drama here on the TTRP Theater Twitch channel. TTRP Theater is a group of actors, artists, and gamers from all walks of life that collaborate to bring you compelling content. I am Duke Walter, your Game Master. Myself and a group of friends have come together to spin some tales, have some laughs, and hopefully entertain you with our stories of superheroes. The Prowlers and Paragons system is a rules-light role-playing game that allows us to live out the fantasy of being the heroes and villains. This is issue number one of another two-part series, When Life Imitates Art. Can Saint Shadow keep his true identity concealed? Can Cotton and Raymond get up from the bar? Who is going to drive once they do? All will be revealed as we wind our way through the streets of Detroit. It is July 1918, and in the air over German-controlled Shamery, a dogfight ensues. Two young American pilots in their Newman 28s engaged a Fokker D7 flown by a veteran German pilot of the famed Yasta 11. The two young Americans seem to be outclassed and outmaneuvered by the veteran German pilot. Machine gun fire rips through the air from all directions as the three planes move in an aerial dance of death. The German gets the jump on one of the American planes and lines up his guns to give fire, but the second American pilot anticipating the maneuver makes a daring turn and gets a bead on the German plane. A rain of bullets tears the end off the Fokker, sending it into a tailspin. The German strains against the forces of gravity to try to right his plane, pulling the stick with all his might. The crash of the Fokker is fast and abrupt. The Americans, although risky, make a quick landing to take a trophy from the downed plane. The German, mortally wounded as the center stick has impaled him through the chest in the impact, can only watch as the two young pilots approach. The younger of the two Americans jogs to the plane as the older of the two walks several paces behind. The older stops about 10 paces away as the younger of the two pilots begins looking over the wreckage hands on his hips. The German, through strained breath, begs for help in his death throes. This gives the younger American pause. Their eyes meet. In that moment, a gunshot rings out. The German, stuck in place by the center stick, watches as the back of the younger American's head erupts and the boy falls dead. The older American stands still, pistol held out and still smoking. A visage of glowing eyes and a wide fiendish jaw that from ear to ear is grinning with a mouthful of pointed, rotting teeth flashes across the American's face as he puts the gun to his temple and pulls the trigger. Welcome to Renaissance City. We are back for another episode. Uh, I am joined by three of our heroes this week. Let's go around and uh, introduce ourselves. First, we have Jazz. How are you tonight? I am doing great, and... Uh... I am ready for Al to uh, to maybe have some successes instead of like crazy, ridiculous failures like last time. <laughs> no more walking away from locked doors. No um, <laughs> <laughs> um, you are playing Saint Shadow. We also have joining us Dean Martin Jr. How are you? Good. What's up, baby? Uh, ready to get going. Tell us about your character a little bit. Tell us your name. Uh, I'm playing Scarlet Spartan. He's a interdimensional character, and uh, he's a he's a fighting machine. All right. Yeah. And our third and final character tonight is played by our good friend Chris. Yeah, Chris Freedom. 
Um, I'm playing Cotton Dearborn. Uh, my alter ego is King, or you could say it the other way around. Um, yeah, I'm excited. Let's see what kind of hijinks we can get into here. At the end of Saint Shadow's introductory episode, we learned that his main point of contact in the city, his fence, who is known as Jules, set him up with a request to be at the Detroit Institute of Art on November the 11th for the initial opening of the new Roman exhibition that is going to be displayed. Alabaster, how are you planning to approach that evening? Are you showing up as Alabaster Whitingale in a tuxedo? Are you planning to case the place as Saint Shadow? What's your plan for that night? I uh, checked with uh, my father, and he happened to have um, sponsored a table at the gala, uh, at the uh, fundraising gala. And so I'm going to attend as Alabaster um, in a tuxedo, uh, sitting at my father's table uh, for the fundraising gala. Okay, awesome. Um, you guys can see in the, I gave you a picture of the main floor. Yep. The second picture in there is the, is the entrance hall. And the third picture is the facade out front. So just a bit of background, just so you know, as you walk up to the Detroit Institute of Art, you are greeted by one of the many castings of the thinker. It adorns the front steps of many fine arts museums across the nation. But um, this is one of the first places in the United States that had uh, a casting of the thinker out front. As you enter through the front doors in the main entranceway, down each wall are murals painted by the famous Diego Rivera. Um, these murals are depicting working people um, in Detroit in the 1900s. This is, oh God, what's it called? I love this guy. Diego Rivera? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's amazing. Just what an amazing artist. Yes. So these murals painted by the famous Diego Rivera are known as Detroit industry. They are massive pictures of intricate machinery, men at work, in and amongst the machinery, all depicting the industrial revolution that was happening in Detroit at this time. Um, then the main hall itself is full of paintings and sculpture from various periods. Um, you have French Impressionists, you have at the time, this is the largest collection of Van Gogh known in the world, um, or at least displayed publicly in the world. Floor to ceiling in the main hall, there are paintings hanging of all sizes from multiple artists from multiple periods throughout art history. The Roman exhibit is to the left in what you can see on your map is called the Temporary Exhibitions. In the main room of the temporary exhibitions, in the center of the room, there is a pedestal. In that center pedestal, under a glass box, 
is a very intricate cup. It is a glass chalice called the Lycurgus cup. And it is so named for its depiction of Dionysius's triumph over King Lycurgus of Thrace. King Lycurgus is shown entangled in grapevines on the cup's outer surface. Awesome. The inside of the cup is smooth, while the outside has been painstakingly cut and etched to create a decorative cage-like structure. There are only four known complete Lycurgus cups in the world. There are nearly 50 that have been found in pieces, and this Lycurgus cup is the most exquisite and the best preserved. This is the crown jewel, per se, of this Roman collection that is being displayed at the Detroit Institute of Art. How big is the cup? Is it is it like a regular cup size? Is it oversized? Um, it's an it's an oversized chalice. So think of it. I mean, I guess think of it like a pimp cup. OK, um, here, let me. <laughs> Dionysus, god of wine. Yes. Killed him with grapevines. Kill, yeah, killed King Lycurgus with grapevines. Um, Got it. The cool thing about this cup, at least what I mean, what we would call modern knowledge of this cup for us as players, not not you as characters, um, is it's kind of an ancient nanotechnology. The cup is green when without the light, but when light is shined through it, it turns that blood red because of the way that the glass was made using uh, minute particles of gold and some other minerals in the glass itself that when light is shown through it. Wow, that's super cool, man. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. It's so neat. Go go read about it, man. It's so cool. It's such a, I mean, such an interesting thing. I mean, you're, you're talking about, you know, I mean, this thing is 1,500 years old. Well, no, the lighting looks the same. This is like magic. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah, exactly. Right. It's it's well, I mean that's that's all science is is magic. Well, sure. But it's way ahead of its time. Right, way ahead of its time. So, this is the main piece that's on display. And but it's probably toxic. It's toxic to drink out of probably. Oh, it's yeah, it's lead and um yeah. gold and this isn't something that um anyone today would be drinking out of. Most of them only live to be what 35 anyway. I don't I don't know what the age was, but it wasn't very old. And there were there were plenty of them that cared more about opulence than they did about anything right. else. And none of them knew what lead poisoning was. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, that just that just wasn't a thing. OK, so you have the Roman exhibition to the left on past the main hall. There is this beautiful garden um, and surrounding the garden are rooms of different countries and and historic periods and then on past that is the auditorium with the stage and the auditorium is where the actual gala will be but in the beginning of the evening um they ask everyone to be milling about the main hall and the temporary exhibition and then you'll move on to the gala afterwards so that's just a little setup for al gotcha let's go to busters so raymond and cotton you're alone in the bar. It is Armistice Day. There's a ball game on the radio. The Tigers are playing. They are winning. And Buster is just kind of standing back 
behind the bar listening to the radio, pouring you a beer whenever you're ready to have another beer. Uh, okay. What is wrong with us that we are at a bar in the middle of the afternoon? Because that's where I put you to set up the story? Right. We, no, I get it. We just we needed a place to meet. Busters is where we meet. That's that's our hangout. Yeah. Okay. Do you have yeah, a day job? Are you are you working at one of the car? Are you working at one of the automobile factories or something that I don't know about? <laughs> no, I think uh, I think I'll avoid any anything like that. He can't hold down a damn job. <laughs> yeah. It, I mean, Busters Busters is the safe place for heroes, and you are the most obvious right. hero in the entire city because you are bright red. <laughs> You have a black curly skullet, and you laugh as you are bashing people's faces in. And you're occasionally spotted with a seven-foot-tall winged lion. Right. Excellent. Um, all right, well, let's, uh, let's stack the beers then. Raymond. Yeah. What's up, man? <laughs> Do you know about him? Say, say what? Do you know about him? Do you know why you wake up naked at times? <laughs> Do I know about him? You know, I don't know enough. It's it's like a it's like a built-in mystery and it, it kind of freaks me out. But uh but it's fascinating. I know that he helps me out when I need help. It's Glorias. Gloriath. Glorias. Your word, your language. Glorious. Glorious. Thank you. Thank you. Oh no, I was just uh, I was just screwing up your words. I got you. And we're back. I gotta tell you, it's pretty fucking amazing to be a seven foot tall lion with wings when I need bailed out of a situation. But it it kind of messes with me because my you know, my memory of that doesn't really carry over. So I kind of, I kind of hear some of that story later, you know. It's it's pretty messed up. They're lying to you. They're lying. No, to you. you turn into, yes, you turn into a giant bird with a bare ass. <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> uh, that's funny. So, what's up with the? What's up with your background, man? I don't know enough about you. All I know is you're ready to kick some butt when it's time to kick butt. I was banished from my world, from the kiss. Really? Of uh, one of my first loves. I woke up here. Here I am. Yeah, that's nothing I want to talk about. That's it. That's it. I feel you. Okay. Feel me. Do it. Feel me. Use your brain power. Right. Okay. Feel it. Feel right it. Right on. I'm gonna. I'm gonna focus on Raymond's uh, mindset, and I'm gonna transfer it to the bartender. Okay. Give me a roll. Roll your. Roll your. Tel roll your telepathy. How many? Seven. No. Yeah. Seven. Okay. Oh, I want Chris to feel it. I know. Okay. Chris is Chris is gonna Chris is gonna try to read your emotions. Three. <laughs> that's I'm sure that's more than enough. Okay. Blick, what's what's your what's your emotional state at the moment? Oh dude. 
he didn't just move away from home. He lost everything. I mean, this dude. Well, he can't read your mind. What's your emotional state? Are you, you are oh, are you are you feeling grief? Are you feeling loss? Are you feeling um pit of despair? A pit of despair. Okay. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh! I feel you. I know your heartache, my my friend. Let's go remedy it. It feels good to fight. Your your therapy is to go tear somebody up, huh? Purple gang. No better target. So as you say purple gang, George perks up and looks over. Okay. Dude, uh, we might want to keep some of these conversations on the low. I don't know what's going on with our friend. I'm going to look back at George and just kind of give him the nod. George walks over to you. You know that um, it's not really a it's not really a smart name to be saying out loud too much, even in here. Place is empty. Well, I know, but those bastards—you never know when they're going to show up. There were a couple other in here earlier that they were uh, they were speaking they were speaking like they were worried. Sounds like the purple gang might. Uh, have converted a few powered individuals like yourselves. Yikes. Yikes is right. Good intel. I'm going to lay Buster some uh, aztec gold. <laughs> he, is it aztec Aztecan? As Just Aztec? Aztec gold, aztec. yeah. <laughs> How many pieces do you set down? One. Just one. I know what this. Yeah, I know what this stuff is worth, but he's an ally. Well, Spartan, where'd you come up with that one? Museums. Oh, museum. Museums. Interesting. There's um, there's a new exhibition at the Detroit Institute of Art that starts tonight. Yeah, they're having some big gala, honoring honoring vets of the Great War. Supposed to be some kind of a fundraiser of some sort. Hmm. Thanks for the tip. Mm-hmm. I bet you the purple gang's all over that. Uh, why? Seems like it'd be more secure than normal. Uh, that's a good point. You may be right. It sounds like the side of town we want to avoid. <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean... You want to avoid the gala? Yeah, it sounds terrible. Yeah. I mean, do I, mean, I look the like somebody is, puts on a tux? It's really not our scene, and we really don't want to be spotted up. I get that. I get that. So what do you want to do? So we're going we're gonna to jump back yes, at this please. point. <laughs> please. We're going to jump back. Jesus. Uh, okay. Yeah, we weren't <laughs> quite ready for that. <laughs> Well, get ready for it, because that's what's going to happen. That's what we're going to do. So, Al. Yes. You, um, do you show up with your parents? How, how do you, how do you show up at the gala? Yeah, the expectation, of course, is that the, uh, the White and Gales show up together at, at the gala. So, um, I am, I am with them as their, as their dutiful son. Um, however, once we get there, we separate. 
um, and I am milling about and checking out the art. Um, I'm not much for um, socializing with the uh, wealthy donors. However, uh, I do like to listen um, to okay. the conversations around me. Um, so you you do, I mean, you're forced to make a little bit of small talk here and there. Um, you You are... Of course. You are well known. Your family is highly respected and sought after um, as you are one of the wealthiest families in the city. So there are people who throughout the evening will attempt to get your attention just because they think that it will further them or at least get the attention of your father. Um, right. But as you, as you mill about, um, uh, yeah, give me a, give me a perception check. One, two, three, four successes with two sixes. Four successes. Okay. Four total Boys. successes. You, you overhear several conversations, but the one that really, the one that you really get the most out of comes between a guard and the man who has recently become the chief of staff for the newly elected mayor. Um, the new mayor is F.E. Doramus. Mayor Ignoramus. So there was a political coup that happened about two months ago in Detroit. And um, you're all pretty aware of the change because since Doramus has become mayor, the call for um, exposure of powered people has become quite loud in the city. And this call is mostly voiced. Um, hold on, let me get his name. Alabaster Reginald Whitingale. Oh shit, where did I fucking put it? Is he the mayor's chief, you said? He's his, yeah, he's his, um, so Doramus's chief of staff is Alexander Griffin. And he is the one who has been um, campaigning to make the public aware of all the powered people in Renaissance City. He has written some op-eds, um, made some public speeches, and for some reason, he has made it the, um, the main point of this new mayor to expose heroes in the city and you overhear Alexander Griffin now listen to me Doramus will be heard I don't care what your schedule says 10 minutes 10 minutes and I will announce him you understand me 10 minutes he's pointing his finger very roughly into the breastbone of this person and it doesn't seem as if most anyone is paying attention. He's he's kind of off to the side um, in the main hall. 
people are milling about brown nosing, but it definitely catches your attention, Al. And that's to the guard that he's speaking to? Uh, yes. What you you assume is, is probably the supervisor um, of the security here, uh, possibly even the supervisor of the building itself or the, the event itself. Okay. Um, I'd like to go talk to Alexander. Okay. Whoa. Alexander. Yes. Congratulations on, on, uh, your new mayor's election. Oh, it was, uh, it was difficult to, make the decisions that were made, but Mr. Dramas is the right man. And allow you, me to and you are? I was going to say, allow me to introduce myself. Um, uh, I am Alabaster Reginald Whitingale. Ah, Mr. Whitingale. Pleasure. Likewise, I'm sure. I, uh, I saw you, uh, forgive me, I happened to be near you and I saw you having a intense conversation with whom I assume is staff of the museum. May, may I ask uh, what, what you were speaking about? My family has a vested interest in this building. <laughs> I was simply um, adjusting the schedule for this evening. Mr. Duramus would like to address the crowd before we move into dinner. And I, uh, I, I, I was simply... Um, speaking with supervisor about the uh the wishes of of the newly elected mayor well that sounds fantastic i'm really looking forward to what the mayor has to say where will this speech be taking place if i can be so bold as to ask oh here in the main room yes i want him to i want him to address everyone as they are um and um fraternizing and when may I look forward to hearing from our newly elected mayor, if I, again, may ask? <laughs> oh, uh, 10 minutes. Yes, 10, should be, should be in the next 10 minutes, yes. Mr. Dorama should be arriving any moment. Um, and after he's arrived, I will um, get the attention of the crowd and then have him say a few words. Ugh. Get out of well, there, James. As you know, um, my family is very influential, and we often will throw fundraisers or donate sums to uh, for for elections and and for politicians who who help us gain favor. I, I very much have looked forward to meeting you, and uh, should you need anything in the future, please do not hesitate to reach out to myself or to my father. Well, thank you. That's that's very that's very kind. Uh, we are grateful for your family's support. Yes. At this point, I want to start weaving my way toward. Uh, I want to position myself near the temporary exhibitions in preparation for the announcement. Um, and the speech of um, the new mayor. So you're gonna you're gonna stand over by the entrance, or are you actually gonna go into the room itself? 
I want to stand near the entrance of the room itself, but I am not going in the entrance. Okay, so you're staying in the you're staying in the main hall, but you're going to stand at the entrance to the temporary exhibitions room. That's right. Okay. If you will excuse me, um, sir, it was a pleasure to meet you. Certainly, my the the pleasure is all mine. I look forward to uh, speaking with you and your father um, here in the coming weeks. Wonderful. Yes, I'm. I'm. I'm sure that we can all work together. Oh, I'm sure of that as well. Get away from him, Jazz. And he, you know, he kind of watches you as you walk away, and then he kind of makes a beeline for the front door. If necessary, or I would like to to roll a covert, um, because what I would like to do is sort of. Uh, take a circuitous route to slink over towards there so as to get lost in the crowd. To the door to the main hall? Uh, yeah, to the, well, to the, uh, to, to near the entrance of the temporary exhibitions. Okay, right, right, right. Yeah, go ahead, roll covert. Come oh. on, babe. One. <laughs> Two! Ooh, God. one. I got one. One, one success. Oh my God. How many God dice did you roll? Seven. <laughs> uh, one whole success. One whole dude, success. You like tripped and fell into the cake or something, man. <laughs> well, the the good thing is is that the crowd um, is not paying a lot of attention to you. So you you think that you think that you're doing a good enough job, um, and just kind of you know staying, not hidden, but um, you know you're unassuming. unassuming. Unass yes, you're, you're you're staying unassuming. Okay, so after several minutes, um, you can see some men dressed in full military garb in the crowd. Um, there are women in in jewels and and these beautiful dresses and, you know, tuxedos everywhere. You're absolutely used to this type of event. You have been to this kind of thing since you were a little kid. Um, mm -hmm. you, you do it now out of duty. Um, I said duty. <laughs> <laughs> you do it now out of duty. I mean, you, I'm sure you have your own reasons for attending these things as well. But this is, this is old hat for you. I mean, it goes, you know, think back to the to when you were a kid and your mom made you wear the red vest and the red tie. I mean, God it's it. <laughs> oh, you had to bring that up. Don't bring that. Uh, God damn it. I hate that. Shit. This is your familial duty. Alabaster. Right. This is your familial duty. I know. I know. Are you wearing a red vest now? No, I'm 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 wearing a black tuxedo with a black tie. All black bow tie. Yeah, all black. Black shirt, black shoes. So after several minutes, the front doors are thrown wide and um, Alexander Griffin enters. You hear him kind of making a fuss. Ladies and gentlemen, if I can, ladies and gentlemen, if I could have your attention, ladies and gentlemen, the newly elected mayor is joining us. Mr. F.E. Duramus. And there's a smattering of, you know, applause. Smattering. 
just a small smattering. It doesn't seem as if he's as popular as Alexander Griffin wants him to be. But everybody does, you know, kind of turn and look, and there are some nods, and Mr. Duramus enters the room. He's not an imposing presence, but he's definitely um, pushy. He's, you know, shoulders cocked back and his head's up and, you know, that stern, yes, I'm here. And he's walking around the room and he's kind of forcefully, hand, you know, putting his hand out to shake people's hands and pressing palms and, you know, just kind of politicking as he's even as he's walking in the door. He walks to the end of the room. Alexander Griffin runs over with a, a stool and sets a stool down in front of him. And in that back corner, he stands up on the stool and... Good evening, good people of Detroit! Good evening, good people of Detroit! And he... You know, there are a few people that are paying attention. Not very many people are paying attention. Alexander Griffin steps out in front of him. Ladies and gentlemen, the mayor would like your attention. Good evening, good people of Detroit. I am Mayor Effie Doremus. Thank you for being here tonight to honor these war heroes. And I hope that you will help out other veterans in our fine city. Thank you to the Detroit Institute of Art for allowing us to use this stunning venue, which, by the way, the city has recently taken over management of, and is a crown jewel in what will surely be the most respected city in America for decades to come. These what is the Go ahead. What is the security like? Uh, yeah, in the in the temporary exhibition room as the mayor is speaking. Um, as he starts yelling over the top of the crowd and the crowd quiets down, um, most everyone in that room, Alexander Griffin has, you know, tried to get as many people into the main hall as he can. Um, and in that room now, um, there are... There are three. There are three people in the temporary room now. One of them is making their way. Uh, uh, an older gentleman in a in a tuxedo is making his way toward the entrance into the main hall. There is a security guard that um, is turned away from you and seems to be uh, observing nude marble statues. And um, there's a a younger woman in a gold-colored dress who is um, looking at uh, some reliefs that are on the wall to the right. Is it possible... Um, <laughs> the, uh, the picture I'm trying to magnify, it's a little small for me, uh, but there appears to be a room right off the main hall um, just... Uh, what I would consider north of the temporary exhibition um, in between the uh, Aztec uh -huh. and the temporary exhibition? Yes. Is it is it possible to um, go into that room? I want to see if there is a, 
uh, a way to get up into the rafters uh, from that room while the speech is going on. So you want to you want to go into the colonial antiquity um, yes. and try to get above that and over and into the temporary exhibitions room. Correct. Okay. Um, yeah. Well, that was unexpected. What would I have you roll for that? Let's Covert do... Investigation? Let's start with investigation. Yeah, let's start with investigation. All right. One, two, three, four, five. Come on, baby. Dang! Five dice. Four successes. Four successes. Okay. You know that your best bet probably isn't that room. It is probably going up the stairs into the second level of the museum, which in that entryway to the temporary exhibition, there is a set of stairs that, so you go in there and on your left going up is a set of stairs there. So you could go up that set of stairs and try to work your way down, maybe on the back side of the room, but that colonial antiquities room isn't isn't where you would do that from. Okay, so I, I want to head upstairs then, and then see if there's a way um, to sort of covertly get into that temporary exhibition room. Okay, roll covert. Come on, baby. Oh, good roll. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Five successes. Five successes. Yeah, you are. You have no problem. Um, you have no problem getting across the upstairs. There doesn't seem to be anybody up here. Um, there doesn't seem to be anybody around that would even notice you. So you very quickly and quietly make your way to the far end um, where you know that there is another um, set of stairs that will take you down um, into the American art room and you can you can get into the back way of the temporary exhibitions there. Okay. Um, so I want to do that. And ultimately what I'm looking to do is to um, find a good hiding place, uh, whether that be a shadow or in the rafters. Obviously, my intent here is to go for the cup. Okay. Uh, but I want to <laughs> wait for the right time. Okay. Then, On your way across, you encounter a door, and you are completely thwarted, so you just go home. <laughs> Sorry. So, so let, me, let me jump back. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just letting you know where my intent lies as you continue your story. Sure. These heroes sacrificed much for us. Some of their fellows gave the ultimate sacrifice. These are the true heroes of the Renaissance city. Not those powered people who are trying to make their own laws, their own ideas of what is right and wrong. No! The real heroes of Detroit are in this room tonight. The great minds bringing the world innovation. The veterans that we honor. Those that are helping to feed and clothe the poor. Those are the real heroes. Raise a glass. I say cheers to the soldiers and their sacrifices. And at this, 
he gets way more um, of a reaction out of the crowd. There are many people that applaud at this statement. Um, you know, there you hear some some clinking of glasses, um, and the crowd has definitely started paying way more attention to Mr. Duramus at this point, which is probably part of the reason that Saint Shadow has such an easy time in getting around. Um, okay, let's jump back to Busters. All right, King Raymond, you guys are sitting there. You've 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 knocked back a couple. George, um, George has made some small talk with you. He's he's grateful for the Aztec gold piece. He's fascinated by it. You see him, and he um, he he kind of gives it a spot uh, above the bar, uh, behind uh, on the, behind the bar. He kind of he kind of sets it up on a shelf um, where you can see it glistening under under one of the lights that's that's lighting up the back of the bar. He seems pretty proud of that. It's pretty that's trusting. pretty interesting token. Well, George is a pretty trusting person. Um, yeah. It's not long after that. Um, Wait, to clarify, I'm, I'm sitting there with King because that, that's what you said initially. No, you're sitting wow. there with Cotton. Cotton. Okay, okay. Cotton. Yeah, no, King, King doesn't just hang out. Right. Just... Rages and sitting there with cotton. Okay. So it, it's it's not it's not long after he he finds a little place for that Aztec piece up there, and two guys come walking in. Both suits off the rack. It looks like not tailored. Um, one's a little rough, got a little stubble, dark hair. They're, they both have that that kind of Valentino haircut slicked over as best they could. Little rough around the edges. The the guy with the stubble and the dark hair, he's he's probably a little over six foot tall. He's pretty built. You know, he looks he, he looks like a tough guy. Um the other guy with him, a little shorter, kind of portly. He's got a just a pin mustache across his face. The two of them, the two of them, sit down at, at the other end of the bar from you. You know, they're they're probably eight, nine chairs down from you. And George just watches them the whole time as they come in. And they come in and sit down. And George walks over, leans over the bar, and they start to talk very lowly. It seem it seems as if they are trying to keep the conversation amongst themselves. Yeah, none of my business. So okay. I, I can't help but be curious, and he just put the purple gang in my head, so I want to know how they're feeling. Okay. Yeah. Roll, roll telepathy. Right. Let's see. Two sixes. Nice. Again. Two fours, so four. Four, four successes? Four total. Okay. Um, George is very anxious. The, the portly gentleman, um, the portly gentleman seems very calm and the larger of the two, the, the kind of scruffly, the kind of scraggly looking guy, um, he's, uh, what's the right word? You're having to make me learn all these 
emotional words, Chris, and I hate it. <laughs> That's funny. Um, he he is he's on edge. Okay. Hey, Raymond. Mm. This this doesn't feel right, dude. There there's some anxiety. There's some edginess over there. What do you want to do? Wait and see. Well, I gotta I gotta slow down. I'm trying to stay of sound mind tonight. I gotta quit drinking. Agreed. So, after about a minute, minute and a half, you see George kind of he he's leaning over the bar and you know kind of speaking low to him a little bit, and he kind of takes half a step back and he puts his two hands up and he's it looks as if he's making like a okay calm down kind of motion and you can see the portly guy is starting to wag his finger at George a little bit. Hmm. You, you see George and he, and he, and he keeps backing away and he's got his hands up and he, he doesn't turn his back on them and he starts backing away toward um, your end of the bar. And he kind of reaches behind him and you see him pop the register open, pulls out some cash and closes the drawer and walks back over there. You see him hand over a little bit of money and the portly guy just kind of thumbs through it. What do you do? Oh, well, I mean, I don't know how everybody's feeling. I'm just looking at this like, you know, George probably owed him some money or something. I, okay. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm, we're sitting right here. If he wants some help, we'll, you know, we'll help him out. Just give us the wink, you know? So I'm in, I'm in his emotions with him. So I stand up and and I say, "Hey, George, you good, man?" Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't just uh, sorry. I uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, fine. All right, call on me if you need me. The portly guy looks at you, and he nudges you know the bigger scraggly guy next to him and uh they both look down at the two of you and the portly guy kind of turns over his shoulder and says something to the other guy and they both laugh a little bit and then they walk out dude Raymond, huh? i yes. feel like i feel like we should follow them why that was dude that looked like a shakedown to me something ain't right let's go all right, we follow him. You're just going to get up and follow him right out the door? That's right. <laughs> We're not covert. <laughs> okay. They walk out the door in front of you. Are you right behind them? Do you wait for them to leave? How do you, how do, you do it? Well, we did kind of sit here and wait for him to leave. So, yeah, I guess we'll give him a beat and then take off. Right. Okay, so as you guys make it to the front door, um, you hear a car start, and um, you can see them in a car, and they are starting to drive off down the street from Buster's. Okay, well, I guess we missed our opportunity. Um, Not yet. I mean, if they're driving down the street, it's either, it's either get mega aggressive with them, or we go back in to assess what just went down. Right. We don't know the circumstances. They got away from us. 
okay, we're gonna we're gonna cut back to jazz real quick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I mean, uh, yeah. What was that? Was I supposed to tear a fire hydrant out of the ground? Go throw it at their car? I don't know. I don't know what you want to do. It's your game. You decide. I mean, I, I was. I didn't really know what was happening. I'm trying to give. I'm not. I'm not going to. I'm not going to railroad you into anything. I I guess I need to railroad you into things. Can so you? I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start railroading you into things. I guess. Because um, okay. we're just gonna sit at this so, bar all day. So so instead, um, you're still sitting at the bar, and we'll come back to you in a second. Oh my god! Over <laughs> two, ladies and gentlemen. Shadow, you have made your way upstairs. Um, snuck across the second floor. Come down into the uh, back corner uh back entrance of the temporary exhibition room um in hopes of the lycurgus cup becoming your prize this evening mm-hmm. and you are you are making yourself as unassuming as possible and uh trying to keep to the shadows and all of a sudden from the main hall or actually further out of the main hall, you hear a crashing of broken glass and twisted metal and screams from the crowd. You hear panic and distress. You hear running footsteps. The guard that was in this room turns and runs out to the main hall. You can see people streaking in multiple directions out of the main hall. Some people are running into this exhibition room. You can see people running toward the garden area. You can see people running away from this doorway toward the other wall. Um, you, You hear loud, booming footsteps coming from the main hall. And they're coming towards the uh, exhibition room? No, it doesn't sound like they're coming toward the exhibition room. It sounds like they're coming toward the main hall. And there is mass chaos from the crowd. Okay. Um, well, I- I'm going to try and seize this as my opportunity to grab that chalice. <laughs> okay. Um, roll covert. He ain't a superhero. He's a jewel robber. Three successes. Dice aren't your friend tonight. So you you are attempting to get through this crowd of people that are rushing into the room to run away from whatever it is that has caused all of this panic, and you you can't seem to you can't seem to get to the center of the room. You keep running into people because you are going against the flow of traffic. Essentially, these people are all running away from the main hall and you get knocked around and you are you are getting pushed and as as this is happening um roll a perception check for me come on baby four successes four successes there there is a there is a statue there is a marble statue against the wall and that marble statue takes a step off of its pedestal. Oh. What? So let's go back let's go back to Buster's. You guys are sitting at the bar and and Buster is um 
happily displayed this this Aztec gold um, that you have gifted him above the bar. Um, it's it's kind of shining in the light and breaking through the ball game on the radio is a news flash. This just in: Detroit Institute of Art being overrun by. Is this correct? Am I reading this right? Overrun by the art. That just doesn't sound right. That just doesn't sound right. Right. Explain. George goes over and, and and turns up the radio, and he looks at you guys. What? What? Overrun by the art. What? What? What does that mean? What does that mean? It, it appears. It appears that police are on the scene. The the statue of the thinker has come to life, and is. People are panicked. People are people are running, scared for their lives as the museum seems to be coming to life. Raymond, we gotta go. Yeah, man. let's go. All right. Do we know where the museum is? Yes, you know where the museum is. Oh, okay. All right, we're on our way. It's one. It's one of the most prominent places in the city. Yeah, it's fancy. All right. Um, do you want to drive or you want me to drive? <laughs> you drive. All right, I'll drive. <laughs> okay. All right, so you get in the car and you, and you start driving to the Detroit Institute of Art. It will take you just a few minutes to get there. Um. Uh, this, <laughs> okay. is vehicle. this is vehicle, right? Yep, roll vehicles. I have one dice. Great. <laughs> two, baby. You got two successes on one die? No, I just got, I, I rolled a two. So. Oh, you rolled success. a success. One success. Hey, that's enough, man. This isn't, this isn't a difficult task. It's right. not, a, it's not some <laughs> super heroic thing. So you are able to start the car and take off driving down the road. You know, you're, yes. you're, you're your model, your model T is is ripping through the streets of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, you guys arrive on the scene. Um, the front facade is this; these three large windows, and the center window and section is smashed through, and the dais that the thinker statue is normally on is blank. There are people running down the front steps um, and you can hear people inside. There, there are yells and screams. Um, there are several police officers um, with, with guns out and, and drawn pointed at the front of the building. And you can hear the, the chaos of the crowd inside. All right. This is mayhem, right? I mean, this we they need our help. I'm asking I'm, you, Cotton. I'm vibing on the panic. I'm just all I can do is run in that general direction with the Yeah, it's it's about. palpable. Right. Okay. Yes, this is obviously a situation where heroes are needed. All right, I'm gonna slap the parking brake on. <laughs> 
there was an issue before, okay? I learned my lesson. And then uh Yeah, that's let's go. That time you accidentally didn't turn your wheels into the curb and <laughs> right. found found your model T um in the in the front door of a of a bookstore down the street. It was a Polish deli. Oh, it was a Polish deli. That's why it smells like that. That's why the car smells like that now. He's yeah, it, he's all, it always car. smells like sausage. It just, it just, it just—it just smells like sausage and pickles. I'm running in. So the front entrance has the murals down the side of it, right? They're they're these two large murals, um, and through the entryway and up in, you can see this 14 foot tall bronze statue that is stomping its way through the art exhibition and it has picked up a table and is swinging it at people. And you, you see it knock a man against the wall and you see it grab another man by the jacket and, you know, just pitch him up um, and, and toward the back of the room. And as you guys get into the entrance hall, I switched hats, Duke back at the car. I switched hats back at the car. You switched hats? Yeah. I was wearing like one of those cab driver hats. Can you roll for relevance? Well, <laughs> what in the fuck are you talking about? I got the Spartan helmet on. <laughs> so, as you guys get into the entryway, the mural on your left, it's a bunch of men. It looks like they are uh, pulling a car engine or or maybe a, a a locomotive engine down some kind of a an assembly line. I'm gonna tell Cot that's a Diego Rivera. So you've got the two guys that are pulling back. You've got the guy in the middle that's pulling back, and then you've got the two guys on the end of it that look like they're pushing that cart. All five of them turn and look at you and step out of the painting. What? Oh. Do they are they still two dimensional? No, they are now three dimensional and they are coming after you. What's your edge? Edge 11. Cotton's edge is 6. Okay. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Okay, um Spartan, what are you going to do? You're first. Let's take them as they come. Is there anybody within striking distance? Uh, yeah, you can you can get to any of them that you want. They're maybe all of twenty five or thirty feet from you. Um, and how each tall? Of, each of them. Each of them is holding. They're man sized. Each of them is holding um, a tool of some sort, um, a screwdriver, a, a large wrench, a hammer. Right. Great. Okay. Well, let's jump in there. Throw some dice at them. Okay. What are you gonna do? Martial arts. Jump in there. Yep, I'm gonna jump in there and uh, come down hard with the muckler. Okay, roll martial arts. Rem remember, the muckler is like a uh, pool ball and a sock, except for it's like a uh, a shot put and a chainmail sock. I I wielded my arm. All right, let me see if I got enough dice. One, two, three, four. Here we go. Rolling eight. Ooh, six, six, four, six, two, four, three, three. Oh, wait, that's a three. Okay, so one, two, three, four, five, plus two, 
six all together. Six all together. Okay, so tell me how you so tell me how you take these five out. <laughs> oh, I'm just gonna make the muckler sing. Once I see the success it's having, I'm just gonna whip it around, flip it between my legs, fly it back out, zip zip across the neck, spin around, drop it on their heads, just a a whirlwind attack. So as you as you connect with each one of these, um, each one of these animated illustrations, um, they burst into the, the paint. It's it's not blood. It's just paint. Um, you you crack the first one, you know, in the chest, and it just bursts into the colors of paint that made it up. And then the second, awesome. and the third, and the fourth. Um, so I'm and- just covered in. You're just covered in paint, yes. Covered in it, awesome. And from further down the wall, five more of them animate. Cotton, what are you doing? Come on, baby, so, I need you. I know, I know what I need to do right now, and I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to do my best to pull as much fear and excitement from the room as I can and inject it into myself just to see if I can trigger King. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Interesting. Okay. That's interesting. Good. Fuck, man. That's cool. That's something I hadn't even <laughs> considered. Yeah. Give me a give me a telepathy. All right. Two sixes and two fours and a two. So five, five wins. Did you roll the sixes? I got, I got five total. You got five total. In a flash of white, your eyes go blank and start rolling into the back of your head. There's that (laughs) briefest flash of purple, and just like every other time it's happened, there is that figure inside that flash of purple, and then back to the white, and Cotton is no more, and King stands before you. Okay, Um, it is their turn. Arias. Two of them run at Raymond, and three of them run at King. Raymond, roll toughness, please. They're disrespecting me. Okay, here we go. Ooh, three, one, three, five, one, one, five. Not a single one. Not a single one. So one of them comes at you with a hammer and strikes you um, across your arm and leaves this paint mark. And, and the other one swings at you with this huge wrench and, and leaves this paint mark across your other arm and you will take two harm. Let's jump to St. Shadow. So in, I'm here. in the room that you're in, um, that statue has made its way has taken a step off of the pedestal. Um, And she swings out with this kind of slap move and knocks a man straight down into the floor, bloodying his face. Um, It looks like, you know, she, she just smacked him across the face, broke his nose and, and lays him out cold. Um, you can still hear the stomping footsteps in the main hall. What do you want to do? Um, 
Hey. <laughs> what are you doing? Who are you yelling at? <laughs> the statue. You're yelling at the statue? <laughs> I want to see if it responds. Um, I want to I see if it has intellect. It doesn't, it doesn't seem to respond to you. Okay. Um, I want to try and... Um, I want to try... <laughs> no, I can't, I can't do that. Um, what, can, what can I see on that statue? What what do I mean? I want I want to take a closer um, look at it. It appears to be um, a, a woman in a long white. You know, I mean, it's a marble statue um, wearing wearing that uh, typical kind of flowing dress, um, hair pulled up, um, nothing distinct. I don't know that you know the name. Could even figure that out without going over there and reading the card that's on the wall. But I doubt you want to try to read, run over there and read the card to figure out what the statue's name is. Um, but that's, I mean, it's just a, it's that traditional statue, marble statue of a woman. Okay. Um, I'm, I want to try and make my way towards um, the footsteps. Can I tell where the footsteps are coming from? They're coming, they're coming from the main hall. You're in the, you're in the temporary exhibition room. They're coming from out in the main hall. Okay, I want to make my way towards the main hall. Towards the main hall. Okay. Are you just running that direction? I'm running that direction. Okay. Uh, Shadow, I want you to roll a perception check. Uh, four total successes. Four successes. Okay. Let's roll that first one again. Let's roll that first one again. Four, five. Okay. Okay. Um, so the woman that was in the room that had the gold dress on, as you are running by toward the main hall, um, you see her not going with the crowd. She's... She seems to be not making a, a point to intersect with you, but she is not going she she's not going with the flow of traffic. She is also moving against the flow of traffic. And it looks like she's headed to the middle of the room. Okay. Um I I then want to I want to follow track her. Okay, well you track you've already side. moved past that. So as as you're moving past the middle of kind of see her coming toward the middle of that makes sense copy got it yep. so if you want to if you want to stop you can or if you just want to keep going you can i'm gonna stop okay she makes her way to the center of the room um and she stops at the glass case of the lycurgus cup she grabs the entire pedestal with her left arm lifts it off the ground and starts running out the back with with the crowd. Okay. Do I still have a action here? Yeah, what do you want to do? Follow. You want to follow her? Yep. Okay. Let's jump let's jump back to the entrance. Um excellent. Raymond. Yeah. There are two of them on you, there are three of them on King. 
Um, you have the edge. What do you want to do? Well, let's uh, let's muck them. All right, go for it. Give me a roll. Rolling eight. Martial arts. Two dudes. Yep, made out of uh, tapestry. Here we go. Here we go. Six, six, four, two, two. So one, two, three, four, five. Wait, five plus two. So six total. Yeah. Again, you. You know what I mean? You you definitely move up and you swing the muckler through one and he bursts into this puddle of paint and swing the muckler through the second one and the same. I want to aim it so that when the paint comes off him, it splatters King. <laughs> you You swing the muckler for the second one and the paint splatters off and king you you get paint splattered on you um king what are you doing i i see them coming toward me and i respond with a roar and i bare my claws and i go just for the neck give me a give me a might roll the neck seven dice i go for the neck you're gonna bite someone's head off no, he's using his claws. Claws. A six and a two. And a six. Three. Three total. Three total? Well, there there are three of them in front of you. So tell me tell me how you take out the So I in in my enthusiasm, as I'm roaring, I kind of bound up a little bit, like a foot or two off the ground, and I, I bring my right claw down in a broad sweeping motion and just drag my claws through all three of them with as, as much force as I can, um, melting them into a, a puddle of paint um, that also splashes up on me. And, yeah. And I look over in the pause after they become nothingness, I look over at Raymond and I say, I guess I'm a Diego Rivera now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're, we're looking good, too. Dad jokes for everybody. That's right, baby. Slathered in paint. Okay, so um, you guys can see the bronze um, thinker statue that is just swiping away in the the main entry hall and you can see you can also see several of the paintings that have come to life um and you can now see um a a statue that appears to be flapping wings and flying around the main entry and swooping down and grabbing people and picking them up um and dropping them from from the ceiling Ooh. um and picking up tables and and dropping you know trying to drop them onto people that are that are still caught in the room Nasty. shadow yep. this woman in the gold dress that has picked up the pedestal you see with her right hands she smashes into the glass and grabs the lycurgus cup and is making her way toward the back wall and she puts her shoulder down and smashes through the side wall. What are you doing? What? I'm I'm following. I'm a tracker. Okay. 
So this woman smashes through that first wall of the temporary exhibitions and into the modern American art room. Um, and there are several windows set into that side wall. And she drops the pillar uh, in that modern American art room and leaps and smashes through one of the windows. And um, yeah, are you, are you continuing to follow her? It's a ground floor. Yes. So, I mean, I, I can jump out the window or whatever. You can. Entry. Okay. Yes. I'm going to continue to track her. Okay. Are you doing it covertly or are you just running? No, I'm, I'm being as covert as possible given the scenario. Okay. Um, roll covert. Five successes. She just continues to run. Uh, she she runs past um, the trees that are there. It's kind of an open area out here where the Detroit Institute of Art is. Um, there there aren't a, a lot of buildings close by, and so it's several hundred yards before there's another building. Um, and it is night out. Um, you can still kind of keep good track of her because she's wearing this sparkly dress, um, and and you're you're keeping up with her and she doesn't seem to notice that you're following her. Are you going to keep tracking her for the next 200 yards as she, as she gets on out? Yeah, I'm trying, I'm trying to see where she's going and I'm also tracking that challenge. Okay. Um, she gets to the next building and she doesn't go around the building. She doesn't go through the building. She leaps over the building. Oh my God. What? Okay. Um, okay. Um, well, I, I don't have the capability of leaping over a um, So uh, I will... First of all, you have to imagine me with the most dumbfounded look on my face. Oh, yeah. This, yeah. Is, just, this is quite surprising. As I just watched a goddamn statue jump over a fucking building. No, this isn't a statue. Uh, this isn't. No, a, uh, this is when when you were observing the room earlier. There were there were three people in there. Yeah. One of them was a woman in a gold dress, who was looking at a painting on the wall. She is the one who came across the room and grabbed the pedestal. It's not. Oh, it's, it, it's I not, thought it was a statue that turned into. A, no, no, no. Uh, the statue, the statue, the statue came to life in the room and started smacking people around. <laughs> this woman in the gold dress went against the crowd, grabbed the pedestal, and then bashed her way through the wall, through the window, ran incredibly fast across this open distance, and leapt over the building. I see. About 200, 250 yards away from the Detroit Institute of Art. Okay. In her getaway. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoyed the show. I want to give props this week to Thieves Can't Webcomic. It's a free comic written and drawn by Bartholomew Click and Zach Stoppel that highlights the fun you can have and some of the lessons you can learn from role-playing games. They also produce some wonderful homebrew for D&D 5e, and you can check it all out at yesthievescan.com. That's Y-E-S-T-H-I-E-V-E-S-C-A-N.com. Yesthievescan.com. Check out the entire TTRP Theater schedule here on our Twitch page. We run live games almost every night of the week, so you are sure to find something to pique your interest. 
All music in the show was written by me, Duke Walter. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Renaissance City. Make sure to follow TTRP Theater on Twitter and Facebook by searching TTRP Theater. Please feel free to join our Discord server as well. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at InvisibleDuke. And don't forget to follow and subscribe to our Twitch page. Thanks again for listening, and be sure to join us next episode for issue number two, When Life Imitates Art. Thank you.